I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, supported by Water Wipes, who are proven to be purer than cotton wool and water and now biodegradable. From fertility to birth, pandemic parenting to taking care of ourselves, here we talk to women about their own unique experiences of motherhood. The insane joy and anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, the tears, and the moments that we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum, from that first snappy change to those messy weaning months, water wipes, the world's purest baby wipes. Made here in Ireland, water wipes are now 100% biodegradable and compostable wipes. With the same purity and quality as before, they are ideal for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. As the number one wipe in Ireland, together we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. We have created endless episodes on this show about mothers who love their children. This is an episode about a daughter who loves her mother. Three years ago, Nikki Whelan and her family lost their mum, Tina Fitzpatrick, to leukemia. Tina was a young woman still in her 50s and was lost all too soon. And after a listener asked every mum to cover the topic of mothering without your mother, I asked Nikki, mum of three and owner of Little Bo Pip and Backstreet Dance Studio Dublin, to be our guest and share her experience of losing her mum, the grief, the strength and the impact it's had on Nikki as a mum herself. Nikki had two kids when Tina passed away in 2018 and has since had baby Sonny. She explains the incredibly special relationship Tina had with Nikki's two children and how different the experience of a new baby is without her, how special yet poignant Sonny's birth was and how while on a family wedding in Portugal, Nikki needed her mum like never before. We will never stop loving our children and our mothers will never stop loving us, even if they are gone too soon. Nikki, thank you so much for joining me on Everyone the Podcast. You're somebody who I've been I've been hoping to get on for such a long time. Um, thank you for having me. No, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled. And there are loads of reasons why I want to talk to you because, you know, you're a mum of three. Sonny has arrived this year in what was obviously a pandemic baby situation. You are a woman who is an incredible business owner who has absolutely just been cruelly dealt a blow this year across you know, so many of the things that you've built out of joy and pleasure and trying to help others, especially with your dance classes. Um, you're also a woman who is figuring out motherhood after having lost your own mother. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's ever a point in our lives where we don't need our moms. It's such a hard one to even try and describe, to be honest with you, because obviously I've experienced both sides of it now. I've experienced having my mom there every single step of the way for the other two and then I've experienced it not you know so for somebody who is a first-time mommy without their mommy and my sisters are going to be exactly the same now you know going forward I just feel so I feel sad for them because obviously they've missed out on that experience of it but it's something that, like I said, it's very hard to explain it. 
it's definitely a void. And I think even though you haven't experienced as a first time mommy, sorry, if you haven't experienced having your mommy there, you will still feel that void, even though you don't know what it feels like on both sides. Um, just from the whole announcing your pregnancy or sharing the little, you know, we'll be going by a pair of socks on the slide type of thing. Um, for me, from my experience, my mom always knew I was pregnant before I even knew I was pregnant. She just knew, she knew, she looked at me, she went, ah, it's going to happen. And I'm like, and she called Jaden. Like she knew, she said, I came up with these two spots on my chin. They're my key signs that I'm <laughs> pregnant. And she said to me over the reception desk at work, she was like, the twin boys are on their way. And I just looked at her, I was like, Jesus, I haven't even done a test yet. Did a test, pregnant. But she was always the first one to know, always. And it wasn't just me saying, I have to tell my mom. Gab was like, quick, tell your mom. You know, there was no let's wait or anything like that. Minutes, and she knew. Um, and it was the same with Pippa. But um, yeah, it's just kind of those little experiences, support more than anything questions you know when you're pregnant it doesn't matter if it's your first or second or whatever there's always that little question if there's a question in your mind you don't even think twice you're just straight away ma'am what do you think or mm. what and you always just did what she said because it was always just seemed to be the right thing to do the right answer whatever the answer was was okay cool and that was there was no question about it after that and um, another little thing for me was I always found out what I was having Mm. whether it was a boy or a girl um, and it was just me my mom and my best friend that knew nobody else knew my husband didn't even know didn't want to know he knew that I knew but he didn't want to know because he knew that if he knew he would tell everybody but it was just our little secret our little click and we did all the stashing she did all the stashing all of that and she loved that but um yeah this time round, it was just it was different from the very very beginning very beginning once from I did that that you found oh, from that second from that moment it was like it was just that in your stomach type of thing mm. and it was like I can't even tell her like she'd be the first person that I'd tell so I rang her I rang her and I left a little voice note on her phone I was like ah. <laughs> don't worry yeah, I think it's just the week that's leading up to it. It's just a tough week, you know. But uh, yeah, I just left her a little voice note and I told her. So she knew. But uh, I think she's responsible for him anyway, to be honest. Um, what kind of woman was she? Uh, small. <laughs> <laughs> small and blonde. And she just bent over backwards for everybody she was she just bent over backwards for everybody never ever did a thing for herself ever never but um was the center of everybody but not just the center of us center of her entire family then as well like her brothers and her sister and stuff but um yeah so how did it feel watching because i think this is so difficult when your mother is the center of things and she's your strength and she's your, you know, she's the one who takes care of everybody else. Yeah. And then there comes a point when you're watching a parent be sick that yeah. you have to start looking after them. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that I 
that was like an immediate role change between the two of us. Yeah. Um, we all cared for her from the beginning, without a doubt. Like my brothers, my brother, my sisters, my dad, everybody cared for her. But I felt, and she said it to me, and she got quite upset and annoyed into her treatment saying, I'm your mammy. You don't have to mammy me. It was, it was like an immediate role change. Um, but that was like, that was just a natural thing to happen. It wasn't as if we sat down and we discussed it and this is what's going to happen. It was like as if my motherly role kind of just kicked in or something. Mm. Um, and she was just devastated, devastated, like couldn't, she just couldn't understand why was this happening? Why is this happening to me? It was completely out of the blue. So it wasn't as if she was unwell and we were waiting for test results or anything like that. This was like between a Wednesday and a Friday, boom, life turned upside down, backwards, oh inside out. Um, but she was, yeah, she was just devastated, but she was willing to do anything and everything that she could in order to get through it. And she did, she did do anything and everything that she could, but it's, it's just horrendous watching somebody go through something that you can't fix. How did it feel for you that first time you were told that she was sick? I was there. I was in the meeting. And my straight away I was like, it's fine. I just looked at her and I gave her like the look. I was like, now my dad was there as well and he just I could feel him freeze on the inside. And I was more worried about him, to be honest, because he has a heart issue. Hmm. And she just looked at me and she I was like, it's fine. Because I think once the word chemo Mm. was uh, the leukemia part didn't even kind of settle with me first. It was more the chemo thing. And I looked at her because I know she's like, Nick, I'm not doing chemo. Mm. And I was like, it's fine. Let's not discuss it in the doctor's office. But we'll discuss it outside. Um, but then when I came home and I seen Gav, I was gone. Mm. My, it was like as if my whole world just fell down around me. Um, but it took a little while. It took, we didn't tell Chrissy and Amy or Kriya, definitely didn't tell Kriya for, for a while. Not, Chrissy and Amy found out within the week. Mm. Kriya was only just turned 13. God. And she knew that mom wasn't well, but she only because of, she was, the, there was visitors coming to the house. Mm. And she was like, those people never come to our house. So it was an immediate, you know, what's going on type of a thing. Because my mom just said to me, Nick, can you ring my brothers? Can you ring Marguerite, her sister? Just let them know what's going on. So I had to do the phone calls and then the doors, the knock on the doors started to happen. So that was an, kind of a thing for Korea. Like, geez, I haven't seen them in ages. What are they knocking at the door for? She then started to question what's going on. Um, and we were like, nothing. You know, I can't even remember the story that we told her. Honestly, it was some bullshit story. But then after a couple of weeks, she came into us and she is such an incredible kid from the youngest age. Like she came in and she just sat at the kitchen table 
And she was like, I know that there's something going wrong, going on. You better tell me what it is. We feared that somebody would say something to her in the schoolyard. Your man has cancer. Mm -hmm. Your man has it. And she'd be like, no, she doesn't. So we just felt it's time to discuss it with her. And she took it on and she was like, okay, let's go. What do we have to do? And it was a huge relief for my mom because she knew that she didn't have to hide anything going forward. Um, but going back to the role change or the swapping of the roles, that still continued because I went to all of her hospital appointments. Um, my dad just couldn't. It's not that he couldn't deal with it. He just, it was too hard. It was, it was a hard thing to do because you don't know what you're going in to be told. And even if we were told shitty news, we'd still come out and high five, like, right, let's do this. You know, well, half the, half the news would only go home because she didn't want anybody thinking on that level. And Sinead, up until the time that she fell asleep, we still didn't speak on that level. Never did. She spoke to my husband about it. She never spoke to me. And that's something that kind of, to this day now, is starting to kind of eat at me. Like, why didn't, why wasn't I brave enough to talk to her about it? She had a baby. Like, Cree was only just gone 14 yeah you know so and then it was my babies my babies were her babies and they were more her babies than mine that was a huge thing oh huge but when you love people as much as you do those conversations are just they're too hard they're too hard and you know you can understand why she's having them with the people that she's obviously very close to and loves Mm. but it's still one step removed it's a like at this age of my life I'm like 38 years of age it's a massive void in my life it doesn't matter what age you're you know so if I feel that void my heart doesn't break for me my heart breaks for my sisters my youngest sister who you know doesn't have her mammy at home that's what kills me the most. Have you tried to fill that hole? I'll never fill it ever, but I've tried to be there as the support. She'll like, none of us will ever have our mammy there, mm. but I want her to know, or any of my sisters and my brother, to know that. I'm here for them, but it's never the same, mm-hmm. you know? I've tried to, you know, but they all have their own lives as well. Your level of protection for them has upgraded. Oh, the Your level protection, of protection, yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, 100%. You are, Definitely. Take, you have to take care of them because your mom can't. But that's, that's me. That's me being that, you know, oh, don't, don't do that, don't you know oh, what do you think you know that's me that's and it is definitely something that upped my level of protection across everybody just goes like that because you're like no 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 I can't I can't do this again mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah that's that's completely understandable I think we don't we take lots of things for granted and I mm-hmm. think 
losing somebody who is so central to our world as our mother is and as mothers as well like where we know that love and we know the job and we know that job doesn't end yeah there's no clocking off yeah (laughs) from taking care of your baby for sure no matter what age they are um did it impact how in subtle ways how protective as you said you got over your own little kids then that you yeah because I can imagine I would squeeze them and never let them go (laughs) yeah but it impacted them as well because they seen my mom as it was their mom but and she was older Mm. they probably thought she was ancient to be fair but uh because that's just a thing like even with me with my granny my granny was only 56 when she passed away as well same age as my mom was her mammy but my granny was a granny like she's ancient she's only 56 so I I kind of think maybe my kids thought she was old you know but she wasn't she was playing hopscotch with them and going up and down slides and on swings and you know all of the cool things but for them they became a little bit more protective over me Mm. um they seen that she was gone and for Pip, I was like, as if I was going to go. Yeah. So she couldn't, she wouldn't leave me. She would not leave me, by, wouldn't leave my side. Because she was, she thought, her big thing was she never said goodbye to me. So if I go, mm-hmm. is that you gone? Are you going to come back? And it's a, it's a big thing for kids of, and like that's, that's their grandmother. Can you imagine kids that do it with their parents? Yeah. No, I can't. You know, so it was a big thing for them to adjust. It's, it's so lovely to know that they had that relationship as a grandparent and grandchild mm. with them because I think that is just the most, it's, it's, it's so special. Yeah. It's such it was, a special yeah. relationship. Mm. Yeah, it, it really, like that kid. <laughs> For me, the hardest part was thinking of the kids. I didn't want them without her. Whatever about us or me, I was like, I couldn't even think about that. But for them, I just, I, like, I look at Pippa now and I'm like, oh my God, what my mom would do to be with her right now. Or like Jaden and stuff. It's, yeah. It's... You said you think that she brought Sonny to you. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. Do you know what? We discussed having another baby. Like she would have made me have 10 kids. She always said after, after Pippa, ah, oh, yeah, there'll be two more. And I was like, not a chance. Yeah. But then we started to kind of toy with the idea. We're like, well, we won't be like that. I was like, Gal, I'm not getting any younger, that kind of thing. Um, and we said, okay, let's, let's give it a shot, you know. Um, and this is actually something now I'm going to discuss that I haven't discussed with anybody. But I found out I was pregnant and this was September, uh, sorry, it was August, September, not last year, the year before. 19. 19. And I was like, shit, how did it happen so quick? We're like, my brother was getting married in the September. I was like, oh God, like we were leaving the following week. 
to go to Portugal. Um, my heart's racing even talking about it. And um, the two of us, me and Gav, were like jumping around the bedroom going, oh my God, like it's after happening so quick. Great. Because we expected that it wasn't going to happen so fast as it does for other people a year, six months, years. Anyway, I just said, right, nobody speak a word about this. It's you and me, end of story, get the wedding over. Mm. Nobody's, I was too early anyway, but I was like, we don't, like there's no focus being taken off the wedding whatsoever. But then I was thinking, Jesus Christ, I'm going to Portugal. There's going to be drinks and all of that kind of thing. So I brought one of my sisters on board and I said, listen, I need you to just be on side that if, I need a cocktail that you'll sort me out with a cocktail. And she was like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. Anyway, we got to Portugal. All was fine. Nobody even batted an eyelid. And two days before the wedding, I miscarried. And I was like, fuck. That's never happened to me before. But that was my first experience of mom. I do like I'd no one to talk to because my younger sister has never gone through this so my I'd never gone through it I actually wasn't even sure if my mom had gone through it mm. and I was like what what do I, what do, I do so I just kind of zipped up this you know it's fine it's fine it's it's grand let's just ignore it and like there was what a hundred and something people in the resort that we were in, that the wedding was in two days, like literally 48 hours. And I just pulled Gav into the house and we'd like, you know, when you have these silent arguments because <laughs> my dad, my Nana, my sister, the kids were all in the house and we were having a silent argument. I was like, shut the fuck up. And he was like, Nick, how are we supposed to like try and enjoy ourselves and smile? This is after happening to you. You need to get sorted. And I just said to him, I don't even know how the words came out of my mouth. I was like, Gav, we zip up our emotions every day of the week. Zip this up. Shut your mouth. Say nothing. There wasn't a prayer I was going to tell somebody that that was after, ha- after happening me before the wedding. There wasn't a hope. Mm. So I said to my sister, this is after happening. Say zero. It's just zipped up. Because it was only us that knew about it anyway. Mm. But I then was like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do because this has never happened to me before. It was, it was an emotional time anyway. Mm. It was very hard for everybody involved because that void was not, that void was there. Mm. Everybody involved, like for my mom's family, especially, you know, but David and Terry included her in the, in the wedding as so beautifully as best as they could and it was just an incredible day incredible week it was amazing but I then had to come home and face reality and um, unzip I had to unzip I had to go to the GP the day that I got the morning after I got home I went to she sent me into the rotunda and it was all that was all done then mm. you know mm. um so I just Gav was like, maybe it's a sign we shouldn't go again. And I was like, okay, okay. I said, you know what? I'm going to, this was the September, end of the September. I said, I'm going to wait until January, get everything back on track. 
and I'll be able to kind of focus on it then because it did happen a little bit quicker than we ever expected. Mm. Six weeks later, I was pregnant. And to this day, we still don't even know how. <laughs> and I was like, how can this even be? Yeah. How? So, yeah, Sonny, I was, I was pregnant then with Sonny and I was a nervous wreck. Gav was a nervous wreck. And I just thought, I can't tell anybody yet until I know that I'm okay, yeah. you know? So obviously the GP sent me for an early scan and I went and had that blood test thing done, cost a bloody fortune, but I just, it was just for my mind to be put at rest mm. so that I knew that everything is okay. We can start to spread the news because I couldn't put devastation on my family even though they didn't even know about what had happened, but it was just for them to have the joy and for it to be taken away from them more than anything. But this is exactly the, the protection we spoke about before. Uh, yeah. you, you know, this is the stuff that you're thinking about, minding them from this pain that you're going through. Yeah. You know, but whereas if your mum was here, you'd have that, she'd be looking after you, whereas even in your pain, you're making sure nobody else needs to worry about this. And I think that's just, maybe that's just me, but I also think that's, it's something that I do. do I, I do look after other people. Like I, I don't like to see people being nasty to others. I don't like it. I like to make sure that people are okay. I just want to make sure that everyone's okay. And I can't control a lot of that being okay, but when I can, I try to. But... I just, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it was like, um, I just didn't want them to have that little bit of joy and for it to be taken. But then afterwards I thought, yes, what I've been through, I've, I had a miscarriage. I didn't speak about it. I didn't speak about it because of the surroundings that I was in. I was never going to speak about it at the time of the wedding, never. It wasn't, whether it was the announcement of the pregnancy or whether it was, I'd say a lot of people probably thought it was a boring hour, shite, Nikki doesn't drink. I don't drink much anyway. So that was never gonna kind of, you know, turn people's heads. But I don't know, like, I know this is probably off topic, but people don't tend to talk about miscarriages very often. And that, well, that's honestly, I've had countless conversations. This is. I think this is maybe number 50 episodes and somewhere along the way in everyone's journey, whether it be it took longer than they expected, whether yeah. it was a miscarriage, whether it's just even a fear of miscarriage. And I've spoken to women who have, have had miscarriages and one of the recurring theme is like, we don't even know when that, when you've when that, when you first look down and see that bleeding, Ooh. Were we out the day in school where they told us what was going to happen next? Yeah. Like, why has nobody explained and articulated what actually occurs? How a woman feels? What happens to her body? What happens to her emotions? Mm. There's such silence. And why? Why do we feel that we have to be silent? I knew I needed to be silent for a, a particular reason. But then after that, I still... And like I said, this is the first time for me to speak about it. Gav kind of went into this self-protect mode. 
oh, maybe you weren't pregnant then. I was like, okay. I was like, I was. Like, you don't get a positive test if you're not. I was, what, coming up to eight weeks. I was like, I, I, I was pregnant, you know. Um, but I let him, I let him have that just to kind of settle his mind. That's fine. And he came with me to one of the scans in the hospital and they, the doctor actually said, so you miscarried at, I think it was seven plus six days or something like that. Yeah. And when we left and got into the lift, he said, so they do class it as a miscarriage. Mm. And I looked and I was like, yeah, you know, so that was kind of his way of dealing with it. Oh, maybe it wasn't. Mm. but you know it, because that's less painful like so yeah exactly what we do is we just try and and to be able to move forward is to minimize any pain it's it's again it's just protecting ourselves and yeah. that was my first that was my first experience of what do I do now if she's not here who do I ask you know and then I spoke to my mom's sister and I was like did mom ever do like did this ever happen to her and she's like I don't know baby but she did experience it my mom's sister experienced it so I was able to get some form of comfort from her that I was able to speak to somebody that was close so close to me so she's the next best thing to my mom that she was able to say this is what happened or and I knew of her experiences but I didn't know the background of the experience. Like, what do you do? And how did you feel? And all of that kind of thing. Anyway, so then I got pregnant with Sunny, And my pregnancies, like I said to you, my pregnancies are actually fine. Mm. I don't have morning sickness, anything like that. I just get so impatient. <laughs> so impatient that I can't cope any longer. Like, I just say to myself, right, by eight and a half months, I could go any day. And it's like... Yeah. I'm like I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready um and of course with the other two they were like how many more days how many more sleeps all of that kind of thing uh the other two came bang on uh Jaden was I was went in on Jaden on the day and he was born the next morning Pip was a day early so I was like this one I'm going to sneeze and he's going to fall out I was convinced <laughs> I was going two weeks early because I felt like I was going to go oh my god my due date came and I went into the hospital and some midwives and I was like, girls, what's going on here? They were like, Nikki, relax. It's only like your due date. You're fine. I was like, no, 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 no. That doesn't, that doesn't happen with me. Like I'm in control of this. And yeah. they were like, it's fine. Oh my God. I had two sweeps. There was nothing moving. I was like, what is happening? I had myself in an awful state, but I knew it was going to be any day. Then eventually the contraction started and I got into bed and I timed them on my phone. Never said anything to Gav. Mm. He got into the bed and then my app then beeped saying, it's time to give the hospital a ring. So I kind of said to him, I think I might give the hospital a ring. And he's like, why? I said, because my app told me to. He's like, Are you getting <laughs> contractions and you didn't tell me. So anyway, I rang them and the girls were like, listen, come on in. They were about two minutes apart maybe. She was like, come on in. Uh, we'll check you and then let you know whether to bring your husband in. So this was about half 12 at night. Buzzed my dad. My sister was on the way. My dad, I don't know how he got from his house to here in, by the time I got down to the bottom of the stairs. And I was like, how are you here already? <laughs> but um, God love him. He was, 
he was trying to be yeah, both roles then and he I could see by him he's like are, are, are you okay but I had like a little t-shirt dress on I just threw it on because it was quite warm it was July and I just pulled a jumper out of the wardrobe threw it on because it was chilly at night time and I came down the stairs and he said is that your mammy's jumper uh, and I was like yeah it is actually and I'm surprised he even copped because he's things just go over his head <laughs> I was like, it is. I said, it's because it was long. It was like a jumper dress kind of thing. I said, it's just going to keep me warm. Anyway, got into the hospital. Everything was fine. She was like, yeah, we're going to keep you. Get the bag up, all of that kind of thing. So um, this is where I know she was there with me. And some people probably listen here think I'm gone off my rocker, right? But I went into the room and the midwife was a young midwife, gorgeous girl. And she said, have you got a playlist with you or anything? I was like, no, just whatever, just fling anything on. This baby's going to be out in an hour. <laughs> and uh, she literally put her hand up into a box and she picked out a CD and she said, um, our beach sounds okay. And Gab looked at me and I looked at her. I was like, that's perfect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. My mom was obsessed with the beach. Her ashes are at the beach. And I just, I was like, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Put that on. <laughs> and I looked at him. I was like, oh my God. So she put the CD on, she went off, she came back in and the CD started to skip the beach sounds. And she went, oh, I'm so sorry. And uh, I said, it's fine, don't worry about it. And she put her hand up into the box. She said, I don't even know what these CDs, like who has CDs? Mm. So she just put her hand into the box, put another CD in and on came like Gloria Estefan, Celine Dion, uh, Wet Wet Wet. Um, <laughs> Tony Braxton and I'm uh who was the other guy simply read hmm. and Gav had a group with my uh, my mom's sister and my best friend and my sister's in the group and they were just messaging back and forth and he kept putting in this song is after coming on and my aunt wouldn't be able to relate more than my sisters because they weren't they're not as old as me <laughs> but it was our Saturday day it was our Saturday cleaning chores cd that was like and I just kept looking at poor midwife hadn't a clue who wet, wet, wet were or uh, <laughs> Tony Braxton. But it was like as if, oh my God, like out of every CD that she could have picked and for that to happen. So things just started to go on, Sinead, and on and on. And I was like, I'm slowing down here. Mm. Nothing was happening. They kept saying, lie down, go for a rest. I was like, this baby's not going to come if I lie down. I was on the ball. I was in the pool. I was walking. Contractions stopped. I was like, why have the contractions stopped? Because that doesn't happen to me. My babies come pretty quick. Mm. Um, and there was a changeover then of the midwives. And Maraid, who delivered Pippa, she would have known a little bit of my background. My mom was outside the door for both of the babies um she kind of knew a bit of the background and but she never said anything she just came in she's like ah Nikki I knew you were waiting for me and you know all that kind of thing I was wrecked just tired I wasn't doing any hard work because nothing was happening I was just exhausted but I'm looking back now and I realize what was going on Mm. my body was holding on to this baby because I wasn't ready to experience another new first Mm. without her. And 
it's so clear and obvious now looking back my labor stopped because I was like I got myself into state because I couldn't picture the end result yeah I couldn't picture holding the baby and I kept I was like I went into this fit of shaking I was like I can't visualize holding him. Why can't I visualize holding my baby? I know that he's coming. I know that he's healthy. Why is he not coming? You know, mm. the midwives are angels. There was a midwife just in my ear, you know, just in your ear. Mm-hmm. Keep going. It's fine. I said to my check me, please just check me. And they don't like to, you know, check or interfere in the, unit where I am because it's all natural home birth kind of feel however if anything goes wrong you're just transferred down the stairs into the labor ward I said please is there waters there burst them for me because my waters went on the other two and within 20 minutes both of them were born Mm. Pippa was pushed from five centimeters she checked she said to me Nikki you're five centimeters there's a little pool of water I can burst it but if you don't go in the next two hours you will be transferred Mm. And I just looked at Gav and I was like, it was 15 hours of labor at this stage. Sinead. And I just looked at him. I said, I just need this baby out. Mm-hmm. I need him in my arms. I need to know that everything's okay. I obviously can't do this myself right now. So she, she popped the waters and I mean in seconds. I was like, get me on the floor. And she was like, are you ready to go? I was like, I'm ready to go. We all know what that feeling of when the baby comes. Yeah. But it was a different feeling for me this time. It was more of a different type of relief. Mm. He was here Mm. and I just, it was probably the weakest I've ever felt in my life, ever, 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 ever. And Mairead just said, "Um, get the jumper, Gav. Like, and like Gav, he wouldn't be the most organized how he had the phone in his hand at the same time of her saying it Mm -hmm. the baby was being handed to me and she just got the jumper and she just wrapped it around him and I was just like oh my god like she was obviously meant to deliver him but like how she what everything that was going on around us how she even thought about like get the jumper she absolutely cared for me christ almighty there was three midwives there one was training and she cared for me she got the baby here safe but she was on a different level yeah of caring get that jumper wrap it around like how did she even know it was her jumper (laughs) you know it's it was crazy but that mid, the other midwife, I think her name was Carol, came to me afterwards and she just put her hand on me. I was holding Sunny and she said, I know what you were going through there. And I said, what do you mean? No, it still hadn't clicked with me. Mm. It was only when she said it to me that it clicked. And she said, I had three babies and I lost my daddy on six weeks before my last baby was born. And she delivered her babies in the same unit as me. And she said, uh, I had to be transferred because I couldn't get my head in the game. And I just looked at her. I was like, I could not understand why I couldn't do it. Mm. I had my meditation on. I had 
I just couldn't do it. It was like, why? I know what I have to do here. But it was just knowing that this is a part of my life now that she's not a part of. And, you know, and we just say to Sonny, where's my mom? And that was it. He's too young to know, but I want him to know the name. Mm. He has to know her name. She will be in his life forever. She carried him. She did. The egg that was in you when you were in her yeah. is what made Sonny. Yeah, that's true. And you were about to birth a little piece of her. Yeah. Like that's... It's, but it's I just big. wanted her to hold him. I know. But she was and she is. Mm. She is no doubt looking... She's holding all of you. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't let go of our babies, no matter where we are. Yeah. So that's when the next journey began then. I don't believe it's three years. Like I was only texting my mom's sister this morning and I was like, how is it three years? Mm. Like you, you actually then start to think, did I calculate that wrong? Like, how is it three years since I've seen her? Like I played videos of her voice the other day and I kind of looked at Gav and Gav's head just kind of goes down because he was so close to her. Mm. Jesus, the conversations they used to have. I'd be looking at them going, unsuitable conversation for both of you to be having together. <laughs> but they just had this connection. Mm. And I kind of seen him, his head kind of went down a bit. And I was like, play that again. Just keep playing her voice. And it was like, when I hear her voice, it's like as if it was only last week that I was talking to her. I cannot believe it's three years. I can't believe three years of our lives has gone by. I can't believe it's five years since our lives changed from when she got the news. She was sick for just a couple of weeks short of two years. So that amount of time has gone. But yet, we haven't even began to process it. We haven't. Do you see now how precious our days are? Oh, 100%. 100%. But I, I feel that I'm a bit more... I definitely feel that I've changed as a person. I did ask her, was she scared? And she said, no, I'm just raging. Mm. and I know what she feels when she says that she's raging you know she's raging because of everything she knows that she wasn't going to be present for but she did say just promise me that you'll be happy and I was like yeah of course I'm gonna be happy you know again just you know over the head type of thing I don't think I allowed myself to think that far even though it was within days. I don't think I allowed myself to think that because we always, always, always spoke positively, always, no matter what. Always found the positive out of that bad result. Mm. Yeah, but that's probably because, you know, I am happy. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very lucky to have a supportive family. I'm very lucky to have a small, close-knit of friends. I'm very lucky to have my health. I'm very lucky to have a husband and three very 
precious, healthy children. But I'm also so sad. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it's okay to, I'm, I'm, I'm so sad. She was such a huge part of my life. My life. We worked together. We never went to the feckin' shops without each other. You know, she used to say to me, like, it's okay if you want to go into town on a Sunday with your family. You don't ha- we don't all have to go. But I was like, do you want to come? She's like, okay. <laughs> you know, so a huge part of my life. Huge. She always will be. She will because, Sinead, I can't leave her behind. Mm. I will never leave her behind. I have to take her with me because I don't think I will survive if I don't. The kids speak about her every single day. They make reference to her every day. Like, we, well, my, my dad, my, all my siblings, we all speak about her. Mm-hmm. People kind of think you know they might feel a bit awkward mentioning her don't ever don't ever stop speaking about her mention her name you're not going to upset me by not by saying your mom you know so it's say her name now you know mommy yeah so important it's so important i have to take her with me i have to because I want Sonny and I want all my nieces and nephews. I want them to know who she is. Yeah. Like, like I said, my mom's mom passed away at 56 as well. And I think at the time there was maybe 11 grandchildren. I was the eldest. There's like 37, I think now. But each and every one of those after she passed away know who their granny is. They speak about, oh, do you remember granny did such and such? And I'm like, you weren't even nearly born. (laughs) But she's alive in all of our families and all of our kids. My kids still speak about their granny in heaven. My granny. You know, so that's something that I am very, very strong about, that she will be alive in all of their lives. They will know who she is. People stay alive as long as they're remembered. Yeah. And not speaking about something doesn't make the pain go away. No. But it can make the memories go away. Yeah. Which is why I wanted to invite you on today to talk about it because I want other people to feel like they can. Um, and I think it's so important to remember where we came from, to remember who gave birth mm-hmm. to us, to remember that all these conversations we have now about the birth of Sonny or the birth of my babies, like they felt that too about us. Yeah. And what we have to do is keep celebrating them, keep talking about them, keep their memories alive and keep that love going through the generations as you have. Mm. And I know it was a very difficult conversation and I'm so, you know, I half expected you to say no (laughs) when I asked. But you know, I'll always speak about her and I never get upset (laughs) ever, never. But it's obviously just something that's been kind of building inside of me that, you know, and like I said to you that I found this time round really difficult. Third time baby, yeah. I've just found really difficult. You asked me why? It could be this. I feel like it's my first baby all over again. Mm. I feel like I haven't a clue. There's a, missing, there's a missing link. If she was a massive support to you, that support's not there this time. Mm. 
It's like doing it without your right arm. It really, really is. So anybody out there that is listening, that is maybe struggling, who has lost somebody, whether it's their mammy or whether it's a mammy figure, Hmm. not everybody is lucky enough to have their mammy, but they do have mammy figures, which are just, you know, as supportive. Or somebody who is going through their first pregnancy without their mammy, it's to find somebody or find that comfort person to help them and to support them because I've tried to do it on my own and it's so hard. It's so hard, Sinead. It really is because, you know, what? as a mammy, no matter what, take everything else away from it. We are so hard on ourselves. Mm. We double take everything. We double, we like doubt ourselves no matter what we do. And to not have that kind of support of a text message to your mom and for her to just say, it's, it's fine or do this or two minutes or five minutes or whatever. It's for that, for, for the girls out there to find that somebody that they can have that comfort in and to not take it on themselves. I have tried. Mm. It's too hard. It is too hard. We're not meant to do this by ourselves. No. And like even just chatting to you is helping me, you know? So it is just about finding that person or finding something, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a chat, whether it's a text message, to not be so hard on ourselves and to just take those little steps to just make life a little bit easier. It's going to be a big weekend for you as you mark the three years since her passing. Mm. Um, I'm glad it's Easter weekend. I'm glad that there's some downtime and you can be with your family. Although with lockdown restrictions in place still, but um, I want to let you get back to them because you've done so much in sharing this conversation with us. Um, I really am grateful. I really respect what you've given to us this morning. I know, for having me. I know it's, a, it's an incredibly difficult thing, but I also understand how it helps you. Mm. Um, but you've no idea how many people you'll have helped from speaking about so. it this morning. I hope so. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes for their support. Proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, Water Wipes are now 100% biodegradable, plant-based and compostable wipes and the winners of three National Parenting Product Awards 2020, including Best Baby Wipes. So you can do what's best for your baby's skin and help protect the planet. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate or leave a review, share this episode across social and get in touch with this week's guest at Nikki underscore Whelan underscore on Instagram. Talk to you again next week.